Hey, it's Pat Gray for Stu. Today on the Glenn Beck program, Ken Cuccinelli joins Glenn on the podcast to talk about the false narratives that are going around about the federal agents in Portland. If you missed last night's special, don't worry. Glenn goes over the TV special on today's broadcast. And of course, it's definitely something you don't want to miss. And Azra Nomani, who's a former Wall Street Journal reporter and co-founder of Muslim Reform Movement, joins Glenn to go over the far-left Islamic alliance. She also looks into why the Black Lives Matter organization and radical Muslims are teaming up. And finally, remember Justin Kucera? He was the teacher in Michigan who had the audacity to say Trump is our president. (laughs) Well, he got fired for it. Justin joins Glenn to share his story and how a former student's parents started a GoFundMe for him. All this and more on today's podcast. listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Thank you for taking the time. I know you guys are uh, up against the wall and slammed, but uh, there's a couple of things that I that I really want to go over with you. The press is saying now that uh, the Department of Homeland Security is wearing they're wearing military uniforms. They're in unmarked cars and they are just scooping people up without charge in Portland, Oregon and other places. Can you respond to that? Sure, I can respond to each of them. I'm sure it will not surprise you to learn that all of them are false. Um, we have, <laughs> we have, uh, yes, I know you're shocked. There are four federal yeah. agencies there protecting the federal property. Three of them are from the Department of Homeland Security. Um, the U.S. Marshals is the fourth. They guard the inside of the courthouse. Um, but a, a little-known agency called the Federal Protective Service um, protects thousands of federal properties across the country. They've been protecting the this courthouse at issue in Portland since it was built in 1997. So this is not a new mission. It's a 24-7, 365 mission. We have been there from the beginning uh, the, of this courthouse being built and the birth of the Department of Homeland Security. But on the July 4th weekend, we got intelligence that there was going to be heightened violence directed at these this federal facility as well as one nearby called the Edith Green Building. And um, so we advanced supportive officers from Customs Border Protection and ICE who were cross-designated. It's like deputizing them as Federal Protective Service officers, all of whom have the training for the jobs they're doing in Portland, by the way, another false narrative. Um, and the intelligence was correct. Uh, the There was a directed violence that was uh, higher than it had been before at these federal facilities, and our officers have bravely and resolutely done their duty and done their job to protect those facilities and people using them and each other, of course, uh, during that time. And uh, one other false narrative, Glenn, is this, you know, we've heard the mayor say, uh, well, they came here and, and started this violence. Well, the violence was going on for more than a month, every single day, more than five weeks, every single day in Portland before we ever expanded our presence there. So that's just ridiculous. With respect to the cars, we do use unmarked cars. I I, I almost laughed when I heard Nancy Pelosi making this quote accusation. Maybe she should check the San Francisco Police Department. You will find that every single law enforcement agency of any size in America 
uses unmarked vehicles because they're safer for the officers, they're more effective for the mission. And we are not grabbing people off the street. The only people that we detain are people who match descriptions of offenders or who are just caught in the act. Um, They're questioned. Um, If they are the offender, they're arrested. If they're not, they're released. And it's that simple and that straightforward. It's a standard arrest procedure used anywhere in America. And finally, the uniforms, um, the, the FPS officers wear blue. Um, the ICE officers wear sort of a, a, a khaki. Um, their, their agents are not so much on the street. Um, but also the, the ones that you hear this military uniform thing are the Customs Border Protection BORTAC units, which is like our SWAT teams. And it's worth noting Most of the time, while they're trained for the job they're doing, most of their time is on the border. That's what their uniforms are. We don't don't just go buy new uniforms every week for these folks. So we came with what we had, and... um, uh, and they are marked. They have, say, police on the front, police on the back, and on both shoulders, they're identified as Customs Border Protection officers and members of the Department of Homeland Security, and they have an individualized badge number uh, for each one of them, not their name, because of the doxing threat to our law enforcement exactly that has right. been happening by the right. dozens. Um, and that just doesn't threaten the officers. That's their families as well. Um, and, the, and the notion that, you know, when I hear criticism from people like the Speaker of the House, who doesn't criticize the violence, who doesn't criticize the terrorism, which is what the intentional targeting of law enforcement officers to hurt them and harm them and put them in fear, that's terrorism. Uh, I don't hear condemnation of that. I hear condemnation of us actually performing our mission. And, and I know... Glenn, I've read a lot of your stuff, so I'll hit you real quick with the constitutional elements. Article 1, Section 8, Paragraphs <laughs> one, 1, 9, and 18 uh, are the constitutional foundation for the mission we have there. There are statutes conforming to those constitutional provisions, and it is those statutes, those laws, that we are enforcing. We are there constitutionally, we are there legally, we are performing properly, and we will continue to do that at the direction of this president until peace is restored or those facilities are protected. We're not doing local or state law enforcement. We don't have authority to do that. We're not presuming to have that authority, and that is not the authority we're acting under. Uh, well, you came prepared. Uh, let me uh, let me play something I heard. <laughs> let me hear from uh, let me let me play something I heard this morning from NPR. Listen to this. So let me get this straight, Cheryl. We saw what happened in Portland, right? Like these federal agents on the ground, they would arrest people uh, without cause sometimes and put them in unmarked vehicles. I mean, is that what this is going to be? Even though the president says it's about helping local police forces, are, are we going to see a repeat of what we saw in Portland? Well, Attorney General William Barr How, says why no. Are they, stop. Why are they, why is the media uh, framing it this way if everything you said is true? Well, they, they have a goal and it isn't truth. Truth is their enemy. Um, and truth is our friend. Uh, the, the, the phrase in there that is, of course, the worst is without cause. 
like we just randomly grab people off the street. That is absolutely not Mm -hmm. what's going on. There was a viral video from last week uh, of CBP agents who uh, detained an individual uh, and did uh, move him into their vehicle, unmarked vehicle, and moved him away from the location. You could hear the sort of shouting and harassing going on. You can tell it's not a safe situation, which is why that individual was moved. What you don't see is the two-block foot chase before that detention that followed the agents approaching and identifying themselves to the individual without detaining him um, because he matched a description of someone who had assaulted a law enforcement, two law enforcement officers an hour beforehand. You don't see any of that in the video. So you don't know that they're pursuing an individual suspected of, um, and with information, uh, suspected of assaulting law enforcement officers. That individual was detained. He was moved, the location was moved because of safety concerns for both the officers and the individual, uh, was questioned and was determined specifically not to be the assailant and was released all in under 10 minutes. So um, that's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it's supposed to work. Do we want to actually get the assailant? Of course. But we also want to clear innocent people. And that's exactly what happened there. And it was done properly and it was done safely. Ken, I know you were on a very tight schedule, and so I'm, I'm, I have three really important questions I think that I need to ask you before you leave. So if we can keep them as short as can, uh, out of respect for sure. you, uh, if you can keep the answers as short as you can. Um, the Democratic mayors signed a uh, letter on Monday demanding that you refuse, that you remove all the federal agents from the cities. How do you respond to that? How are you going to respond to that? Well, it, it's ludicrous. As I said, Glenn, they've been there for decades. They've been there for years. All, all right. of these mayors have walked in and out of federal buildings in their cities and walked right by these FPS agents every day who are keeping them safe. They're not going anywhere. Um, okay. And that's really the answer. Um, last night, um, I connected the dots between Black Lives Matter, its ties to care, the Muslim Brotherhood. I showed the evidence of the more radical elements uh, from the Communist Party USA, the connections to BLM, and how they have planned an effort to dismantle capitalism, uh, democracy, our republic. Uh, There is considerable funding and coordination. I don't understand why arrests haven't been made on some of these things that are indeed uh insurrection it is an insurrection we are experiencing revolutionaries who want to overthrow the government it why isn't anything being done there so there are hundreds of investigations running across the country right now so um you haven't seen any results of most of those investigations to this point some some you have that we've you've seen arrests come along uh, like if you go back to the Andrew Jackson statue situation in Washington, you saw that investigation go quickly and uh, finish with four arrests. So there is uh, there's hundreds of federal investigations running into these criminal rioters. Uh, that's what they are. They're terrorists. They're rioters. They're but are we looking at the are we looking at the bigger the, the actual groups that are planning these things? Uh, we are looking at anywhere there is uh, organization behind criminal activity. Now, realize 
that a group that calls itself Black Lives Matter in Washington um, may not be connected to right. a group that calls itself Black Lives Matter in Minneapolis. So um, we're, we, we have to connect the dots evidentially, not just in terms mm-hmm. of them taking similar positions. They have to coordinate action to count as a group. So, But we are looking for that. We are analyzing that information, and, and um, there'll be more to come as time goes on as a result of the investigations. There is a private intelligence firm called Intelligence Fusion on my show uh, tomorrow night. They're actually English, um, and they have done an investigation on uh, BLM and BLM Inc., and they have said that this is a massive threat to England, uh, and they are uh, saying that they they are a terrorist organization. Is there any thoughts on that? Well, certainly these folks, to your point, Glenn, they're, they're radical Marxists. I mean, the original founders were interviewed and, and said as much. And uh, so when right. you get people like Por- the Portland mayor out there who think they can cozy up to this mob, he hasn't read his history. He doesn't know Lenin. He doesn't know the French Revolution. He will be consumed by a mob like that. These are not liberals. These are, these are violent right. Marxists. And, uh, and we need to face right. that. And many Americans, I believe, who aren't engaged in all this do realize it. And we're protecting and defending their society. And we're going to continue to do that. We have a president who's been pretty insistent about that. And every place and every time we've done it, we've done it within our legal federal authorities and within the Constitution. We're going to continue to do that. Ken, I have one more question for you, and it's just about the consulate in uh, Houston, one of five Chinese consulates in America. This was shut down in 72 hours, which is really unprecedented. Uh, It's really kind of hacked China off. What can you tell us was going on there? Uh, Well, you've seen all, obviously, we've got the, the virus out of China and how they behave with that, but we finally have a president who recognizes that China is systematically attempting to steal us blind um, for the not just the benefit of their companies and their economy, but also for strategic military advantage. And um, consulates can be used to generate goodwill and relations between countries. They can also be used to uh, spy. And, uh, and that's the de- determination that was made with respect to the Houston consulate. You saw them burning documents and doing all those kinds of things well uh, probably no surprise and uh, we have uh, cracked down on their use of students connected to both their army and their intelligence network uh, all, all of that is continuing and we're going to continue to ratchet down on that um, day in day out year in year out to try to positively affect their society while limiting their ability to steal Ken, I appreciate your uh, candor. I appreciate the fact that you understand the Constitution and uh, and actually like it. I think you're one of the few uh, yes. <laughs> in, in America, or at least it feels that way. I'm I'm not a big fan of DHS, and and I certainly not of a national police force. And I know you are keeping no, and walking yeah, that line, so we don't go down that road. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And anything we can do to help you, let us know. Hey, you're doing it, Glenn. I appreciate it and appreciate your affection for and promotion of the Constitution. Still the greatest foundation of government ever in the history of the world. So thanks very much for that. Sure is. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
I want to continue the conversation of Islamists, communists, radicals, uh, and anarchists working to overthrow Israel, the Western way of life, and America. It's a prediction that I made. It wasn't a prediction. It was a statement of fact that they would all work together in the end to destroy us. We now have documents that prove that this is happening right now. And I want to continue a little bit on the the communists that are involved, because it's much more than the Weather Underground or now the May 19th communist group uh, that was uh, uh, that now has Susan Rosenberg, who was part of that May 19th lesbian terrorist group. Bizarre. Um, she is now um one of the co-founders and on the board of um black lives matter okay this is such a nasty tale going on from here but uh, hear me out and listen uh carefully i mentioned earlier that blm was formed after the acquittal of george zimmerman in 2013 But they really came to prominence a year later during the Michael Brown riots in Ferguson. There there was one group in particular working in parallel that stood out, and it got so bad that many people began to say that outside agitators were coming to turn the protest into riots. Do you remember that? Do you remember in Ferguson? There are outside players. Well, nobody followed that up. Well, we have some photos. Are we going to show the photos or we'll have to show them on, on, on TV? You can watch this on demand uh, from last night's TV show. But signs began popping up all over the country. And at the bottom of the sign was the website that said Revcom.us. Revcom. And the foot soldiers wore shirts. Revolution, nothing less. Revcom.us. One of which was observed on the riot front lines, allegedly pushing protesters to start rioting. Well, we've identified that protester, and he's identified as Gregory Joey Johnson. Does that name ring a bell at all? He's responsible for the 1989 Supreme Court case that made burning the American flag legal. And he is part, uh, he is a member of the Revolutionary Communist Party USA, RevCom.us. Um, they were founded in 1975 by a man named uh, Bob Avakian. Bob Avakian uh, founded RevCom after SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, fell apart in the 60s. So he wanted to set up a revolutionary communist group similar to the Weather Underground. And their list of terrorist activity spans decades. It is too long to list, but it includes plots on U.S. military personnel, terror training camps that were run out of Colorado. Um, The guys are are revolutionaries and they're very dangerous if you wondered where the old sds and weather underground radicals went that weren't in prison with revcom and now they were seen marching side by side along with blm in ferguson so there was an article in 2014 that asked the question 
What the heck is the Revolutionary Communist Party doing in Ferguson? They were specifically spotted and called out at the 2016 riots also in Cleveland. And the Black Lives Matter demonstrations in Milwaukee. And they were there to, quote, support a revolution. They've also been spotted recently at our southern border, inciting riots and chaos and pledging their support for the 1960s era communist Bob Avakian. Now, just as you might expect, there were on the front lines in Minneapolis. They were leading the charge. Have you heard anybody talk about Revcom? We have a document, Revcom's official call to action right after the death of George Floyd. Be part of the movement for an actual revolution. Are the dots starting to come together? How about the video that Project Veritas uh, came out with? We showed you a few weeks ago that exposed the funding of a group that coordinates it with Antifa. The group is called Refuse Fascism. Here's the Project Veritas video. Listen. We did apply for a grant from Soros at one point a long time ago. We actually we applied from a, a grant from Soros. We got a grant from Soros. There's going to be a need for thousands of people and then millions to come to the streets. This is before George Floyd. We're trying to meet with Tom Steyer. We've been talking to his assistant, meeting with Tom Steyer's main advisor on impeachment. On impeachment. He has political ambitions, and he may actually not want to be directly connected. Okay. These were the national organizers with Refuse Fascism, saying right out in the open, they've got funding from George Soros. They have support from Tom Steyer. Everything they talked about in this video, the street movement spreading across the country in the wake of something that was coming, it's now happening. They were just waiting for that something to happen, and it happened with George Floyd. But guess who decided to start Refuse Fascism? Who's behind the organization that's bringing Soros and Steyer funding and support to uh, Antifa street thugs? They're not even trying to hide it anymore. They actually brag about it on their website. The Revolutionary Communist Party. So the violent radicals of the 60s are mobilizing. They're directing the radicals of today. They never went away. They sat back. They regrouped. They went into our educational system. And then they trained our children to turn on us. They just waited for the right marketing. Something everybody, including non-Marxists, would unite around. Something like Black Lives Matter. So the young Marxists that started BLM are now getting support from violent Marxists of the 60s, like Susan Rosenberg. They're getting more support from 60s era radicals like Bob Avakian, the communists and the anarchists in Antifa getting support from Avakian, refuse fascism from revolutionary communist otherwise known as revcom and they're getting funding and support from george soros and tom steyer wow what more do you need now it's become very very fashionable become also anti-semitic well that's because of the ties into care and we're going to go into that next hour does that make sense to you, Pat? I mean, this is... 
everything. So grassroots, isn't it? It's just a grassroots movement. That's it just happened to spring up because of the injustice of George Floyd. That's pretty amazing video that shows that they were planning all this to bring millions of people into the street way before uh, the George Floyd tragedy happened. So they knew. Yeah, they, they knew. knew. They started with the they started with the flotilla. They wanted that one. Then they needed Zimmerman, and that didn't happen. Then they needed Ferguson, and that one didn't happen. And then they just waited. They kept preparing and preparing and preparing, knowing that their time would come when George Floyd happened. Did it not surprise everybody how fast this thing spread and how well Mm -hmm. organized and how many of the people had signs that were printed? Of course, they were printed by Revcom.us. This has been waiting. We're being played we're being mm-hmm. played. And even even the people they mention, you know, say their names and they, they, they're going to put the names of, of people who have been supposedly killed by police on the backs of their jerseys when the NBA starts up next week. I mean, all of these things, and they've conflated a whole bunch of different incidents uh, into one so that everything, I mean, you can't even separate what's going on because some of them have died uh who were unarmed and killed by police others were armed and shot at police first others weren't even police like trayvon martin that's that wasn't even and they they use him all the time that wasn't even a police police not only was it not a police Mm-mm. officer it wasn't a white person uh mm-hmm. so they've got all that going for them so and now see people how- don't pay attention and they don't know what's going on they don't know what they stand you for. You see how it 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 was all part of the fundamental transformation. George Soros oh, yeah. is involved in all of this. Well, George Soros was the one who made the deal with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who brokered that deal that made Barack Obama president. And it started with, I don't know, uh, there's a certain antipathy that white people have. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, they're clinging to their God and their guns. All of it started with Barack Obama and George Soros. And they are collapsing our country. They are collapsing the economy. They're collapsing, quite honestly, I think our families with what's happening with education right now, they are, they, they, they are very well planned. And I'm telling you, the last chip to fall is always the Soros chip. And that is the collapse of the U.S. dollar. That is what George Soros, that's how he makes his money. He's already done it to three countries. He's doing it to this one right now. And it's I I don't know why our our Justice Department is not all over this. I mean, when you see, I mean, I just showed you that that CARE or MAS was having at their uh, at their very convention this year a call to get involved with Black Lives Matter and to make that their cause. Um, they've already been out in the in the streets. We have video of them coordinated. Uh, BLM and CARE, they had a protest in Florida. There was another one uh, in New York City. Uh, they were calling to globalize the Infatata and then follow, you know, a Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's amazing to me. Could, do we happen to have that 
that one in New York City. Do we have the audio where they are chanting Black Lives Matter? Can you play that here real quick? Resistance is justified. From New York to Palestine. Wait, what? Yeah. From Gaza to Minnesota, globalize the infantile. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. It's amazing how many. Tell me how many groups have been conflated here. You've got you've got that movement. Oh yeah, Black Lives Matter and Palestinians. You've got the Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQIA2 plus movement. That is super integrated into it. What do you, what, what do they all have in common? The destruction of the West, the destruction mm-hmm. of the family of the West of Israel and the United States. After the a month after the riots began in Ferguson, uh, there was an investigative journalist with the Center for Security Policy that went to a meeting in San Diego, and it was a conference called "U.S. Campaign to End the Israeli Occupation." And it was organized by the International Solidarity Movement, ISM. They were the ones behind the Gaza flotilla. The FBI has been looking at them for a long time. Several of their members have been caught with terrorists, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the key speakers there were um, um, Marjorie Cohn. Now, she's with the National Lawyers Guild and the International Association of Democratic Lawyers. These guys, and this is not me saying this, This is Congress saying, quote, the National Lawyers Guild is the foremost legal bulwark of the Communist Party, its front organizations and controlled unions, end quote. So the Communist Party was at this anti-Israel conference trying to speak to people on how activists, anti-Israel activists, can co-opt other movements. And one of them was Gabriel Schiavone who back in 2011 was part of the the Gaza flotilla and when the when the caravans were headed towards our border he's the guy who if i may quote him utilizing the people from both BDS and immigration groups would be coordinating riots that occur every friday in the villages of the west bank in the holy land to happen at the same time with similar ones at the us mexican border to point out the need for BDS it's all here it's all documented you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program No, I just want to say that, you know, you've gotten a lot of grief, a lot of grief over the, you know, many years of your own investigative work. And I'm on the show because I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to be in the crosshairs of this um, intersection of of the Islamists and the radical leftists. Um, I'm, I'm a liberal. I'm a Democrat. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm feminist. I'm everything that you know people might caricature, but um, nowadays. But you know, I'm one of the, and I'm a Muslim, like as you said, and and I, I believe that we have to stand up within our own communities to call out the extremists. And and after years of my own investigation on Muslim extremists, um, you know, it's it's galvanized to this moment that we have today. Protests in the streets. Portland and, and I know it like you oh, you're breaking it up many years ago. 
Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, you called. Did it you many, think you called did, it many did, years ago? Did you think that I was crazy at the time, or had you done enough homework at that time to see it too? Yeah, I I did not think that you were crazy. Like you know, your your thing, Glenn, is that you're Glenn, right? So you're you're passionate <laughs> and <laughs> right. Yeah. I watched you, you <laughs> right. said I watched you. I watched you during your taping yesterday and I and I and I and I can feel like I just was smiling cuz I can feel your heart in this. You know, I can feel how much you care and it's out of love for this country, it's out of love for humanity and 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 so you get you get very passionate and people you know, misconstrue it as this um, yeah. and caricature it also. And I don't think that's fair. And I can see through it because I can see, I can see through the passion to the, the, the sincerity of what you're at. And that's why I'm on your program because yes, like we've been doing parallel investigations and we come to the same conclusion that we face a threat today and, and we've got to take it. So, seriously. It's it's and I'd like to measure before we get into some specifics. I'd like to measure um, your temperature on this. I I think unless we wake up, we're in an end game scenario. They're so brazen about it now because they control so much money, so much media, the narrative, everything uh, that if we don't wake up soon, we're in an end game scenario. Yeah, I I agree with you that you know I know oh. I know my oh shoot is it a bad connection right now? No, I just no 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 I oh, moaned because oh, I want oh. you to disagree oh. with me on an end game scenario. Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah, hoping yeah. that. I... <laughs> oh my god, I was, I was bad connection. You're like yeah, bad connection because I want to have some positivity. Listen, here's the thing. This is where <laughs> no. I'm going to disagree with you. Is I'm a mother and um, I have a child. He's 17 now, and I cannot. Um, I cannot leave to him a world, you know, that that is is lost. And so we will win. We will win. And I'll tell you how. And and this is why your work is critical. And the work that I'm doing is so important. And the Muslim reformers are so important. So, you know, we have another virus out there in the world, this invisible virus, right, of coronavirus. And we're all waiting for the Mm -hmm. vaccine. So using <clears throat> using that same parallel, like this ideology of Islamism and what I talked about on the sh- on your show yesterday, like we'll call it wokeism, right? This this whole radical mm-hmm. left um, ideology. So this marriage of Islamism with wokeism is a virus, too, of course. And we have to inoculate ourselves, and it's education that will do it. And and people have to. You have to, we all have to be educators to each other, like in our families, in our communities. How did I wake up? Can I tell you how I woke up to, to what the, um, the way that they're manifesting things today? Is um, mm-hmm. I, knew about the, I knew about the Islamist threat, and I knew that the, the, the far left um, was going too far. I didn't know what it was. And then a month ago... My son goes to a STEM school in Virginia. It's called Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. Well, all of a sudden, the white principal sent a letter to us, mostly Asian immigrants of color, telling us that we needed to check our privilege. So I was like, whoa, what? My dad, like, hardly survived the Bengal famine. We, I'm the first, I'm the daughter of uh, post-colonization from India, 
what are you talking about? And so this dad told me, Asra, you have to look up critical race theory. And and I'm a fast student. And I then I saw this, this ideology of critical race theory and how it has hijacked the left and put out this white privilege, this idea that whites should be ashamed of themselves. And then me as an Asian and as a Muslim, they call me white adjacent because I'm, quote, successful in America, mm-hmm. right? So, so they mm-hmm. steal from me my identity. And so then I started looking it up. And then you know what I started doing? I simply added Muslim to it, all my searches. I, I looked at all, my, all the characters I've been investigating, Linda Sarsour, care all these people and and i had a book written six months ago and because of coronavirus it got shelved right but i'm glad glenn because now i understand and i'm doing a fast rewrite and i'm like really like doing my research good for you we have but but that came that happened because i'm a mom in a school district that's getting hijacked right and by this by this intersection and we have uh, an Islamist on our school board. So so they marry, you know, they come mm-hmm. together in all of these various ways. Well, um, uh, and, 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 I, and that's I, what we need to do is wake up. You are you are one of the few that would actually look into that and see the meeting. I mean, everybody said, yeah. no, 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 they don't have anything in common. Yes, they see things as groups. Uh, they see you as enemy or villain. They see things as race. Um, and, you know, you, you, have the, you have the great uniting power of the hatred of Jews. Um, you've got Islamists who hate the Jews. You have the leftists who always, Marxists always, some reason or another, hate the Jews. Um, and now BLM is starting to see Jews as part of the white race. And so... Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's just toxic. It is. And we have to understand it. So this is what I've known is that in critical race theory, they have this thesis that there is a hierarchy of human value and that their thesis is that blacks are at the bottom and that whites are at the top. And so their agenda for decades has been to flip it. OK, so that that's what we're seeing today. That, that, you know, whites have to shut up. Every, every white woman is a Karen. Everybody has to be shamed. And, and I refuse this thesis because I grew up in West by God, Virginia. And I grew up around mostly white people. And I am not white adjacent. I am a, a neighbor to white people, right? And, and, and many mm-hmm. other people. We have many immigrants in my community. I'm calling you from Morgantown, West Virginia, where I grew up right now. But I also know they suffer. You know, you tell, talk to me about food inequity and, and wage inequity and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and I see it in the hills, the hills here of West Virginia. So don't, don't, like, I care about people. And so what happened is that they've, they're trying to flip it. And so what Muslims have done is that we have white Muslims, of course. Do you know what I mean? But what they have done yeah. is they've racialized us. They've racialized us so that we are a, quote, race, and you're racist if you want to talk about Islamic extremism. So they're trying to move up the notch, right, of this hierarchy of human value and then 
Jewish people have to go down many notches. And that's why they are like being, you know, Linda Sarsour says like, you can't be a feminist and a Zionist. So what is she doing? She's trying to negate them, right? To bring them down a few notches. And then they're, they're like, oh, they're all white, you know, but most like a lot of Jews in Israel are not white, right? So it's, it's, but it's this game that they're playing and we, we have to refuse it and see humanity. How do you, um, I'm going to take a one minute break and then come back and, and I'd like you to answer this question. How do you get people who are the reasonable people who just, I mean, I, America's greatest strength is also our Achilles heel. We actually are good people. Um, we don't want to offend one another. We don't want to, you know, political correctness was an easy sell to America because if I say something that hurts you, I'm really sorry. Um, but it has gone so extreme to now you, you know, it's the way that Marxists have always envisioned political correctness. You are politically correct or you're out. Um, so there's a lot of people with big hearts that are marching with, you know, BLM or they'll they'll talk about, you know, the occupied territories, et cetera, et cetera. And they have no idea what they're really marching for or who they're marching with. <laughs> 